Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are continuing our summer series about the 30 moments that shaped Survivor in the first 30 seasons. If you missed part one, now would be a good time to go and download that and give it a quick listen. Just a quick refresher here. There are going to be spoilers about seasons of Survivor. So if you haven't seen all the seasons, now would be a good time to tune out. Uh, and of course, you can find our discussion of these moments on purplerockpodcast.com. We'll be writing them up. We'll be offering them for you to vote on whether or not they should qualify as moments. But you can listen to us argue about them and try to convince you right now. We already covered seasons one through ten in part one. We're going to start part two with season 11, Guatemala, the forgotten season. Andy, I'm sure you haven't forgotten about it. What's your first moment from Guatemala? Yes, uh, just like Bobby John and Stephanie, we are coming back to Guatemala. Hey, what a moment. What a moment? Not an influential moment, I don't feel. Uh, did you have them? I did. Okay, well, let's talk about them. Sorry. Okay, so Stephanie and Bobby John showing up because they didn't start off on the tribe. They walk out and are added to the tribes. They become the very first returning players in a non-all-star season. Mm-hmm. That sets a template for future seasons. Uh, it became, uh, we don't have to do a full-on all-star season. You know, we can sprinkle in a few here. We can do half and half. You know, we can play with how we want to have returnees on the show. And definitely it was the first. I guess my argument is how influential was it if they never freaking talk about Guatemala, right? It's just like, oh, that was such a smashing success. We have to do it again. <laughs> I have to say, strong argument there. Yeah, so that's why I didn't have it. It's just, it, in fact, you can make an argument. How could anything in Guatemala influence it if the show refuses to acknowledge the existence of Guatemala? But I actually do have two things. So that's my argument against uh, Bobby John and Stephanie. I will listen to other arguments for. But just, yeah, I don't feel like bringing back Bobby John and Stephanie is what nailed that. The one I have, and I actually teased this in a way that nobody got uh, on my te- <laughs> uh, my Twitter, the 11 mile hike that starts uh, Guatemala, uh, kind of um, related to what I was saying about Palau. This show, for the, especially in the beginning, kept trying to show how hardcore it was, and they kept trying to find that bar of you know how much can we take away from these people, how much can we make it survivalist, and you saw them, you know. In Borneo, in Australia, they gave them food, you know? <laughs> not just rice, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, in, in our cases, we're not giving you anything. And then they kind of like, okay, sometimes we have to give you a little bit, but we're going to take away this. We're going to make you build this. We're going to do this. We're going to throw you off the boat in your clothes. So this kept seemed to be this escalation of like, how tough can we make it? And then they started a season with 11-mile hike that basically wiped everybody out, and they're like, okay, too much. And so I feel like the influential moment of it is... uh they found the bar, and they never did that again. I kind of disagree, because I actually thought about including something like this for Africa, mm-hmm. but I couldn't come up with a specific moment. Yeah. Africa, I think, and I think you agree on this, is probably the worst season from the survivalist perspective, just because it's so brutal and their conditions are so awful that it made for bad TV, because everyone's mm-hmm. just dehydrated and famished and <laughs> surrounded by predators and and can't leave like the entire game takes place in like you know like a gym basically like yes. you couldn't even like strategize against people because they could see you the entire time. right exactly i'm right behind you i can hear you talking about me 
Which wouldn't have bothered Dirtbag, but. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, this is probably the furthest extreme that they get to, but they do start mm-hmm. token teens with a roughly similar hike. It's not 11 miles. It doesn't beat them right. down quite as badly, but this is not the nadir of, you know, forcing survivors to do terrible things at the start of the show. They certainly still force them. I think they realize can't do that. Like, I think this is like the max. And I think part of why they don't really celebrate Guatemala much is like, oh, we kind of screwed that up. Uh, now, yeah, I included it as a teaser just because I thought it would be different and it wasn't a tribal council moment. I'm not fully convinced it is a lock or anything like that. But, you know, to your Africa point, you couldn't find a moment. Right. This is the moment, right? Um, so, and then, yeah, if we're just like listing like most hardcore things, obviously this is on the list. Its influence is a little more nebulous. I will definitely give you right. that. Okay. So I have one that the influence is not remotely debatable, although you can maybe make an argument and you may do so that, uh, this is not the season that we should choose for it, but the hidden immunity idol gets played for the very first time. This, whether it's this specific season or not, sets in motion a very, very important gimmick within the game uh, that has come to affect a lot of seasons since then. Yeah, it's definitely worth bringing up here, but as you were kind of alluding to, this isn't what made it take off. This is the early tinkering of it, you know. It, almost like if you think of music, sometimes the most influential person in music wasn't the first person to do it. It's the person that discovered it and was popular. Right. Someone else wrote the song, but Jimi Hendrix sang it and played it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, yeah, the... This wasn't it because this wasn't the idol yet. You know, it was like people couldn't vote for you. That was all it was. And yeah, nobody talks about the game. People forget often that this season was where it debuted. Yeah. Jeff Probst seems to forget <laughs> that this was the first season. That Probst forgets everything about this season. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was the introduction of an incredibly influential thing. This isn't the moment that helped define it. And that's fine. I, I understand that argument. No, I think it, we we needed to bring it up here so that people didn't think we forgot it. <laughs> they don't think we're probesting it. Yeah. Just a, uh, the idols moment will come. Uh, this isn't it yet. Okay. Uh, I have one that I think might be closer being a lock. Um, and it's Danny buying the advantage at the auction. Oh, uh, you started with Danny. I thought you were going to land on mine, but that's not the one that I picked. Yeah, it's, um, and this is a first, I believe. I don't think there were advantages before this. But it also turned the game around, and this might be why she won. This was the time when they were going to get rid of her. They couldn't, and then they kind of moved off of it. And that's why I think it is influenced. And the influence wasn't, you know, immediate exactly, but, you know, there's a, there's a curve to the point where that's basically all the auction is about now. And it's for people that could see themselves pulling off the underdog run that Danny was able to do because of this. I mean, you present a damn good argument for it. I didn't have it on my list, but that's not a bad option. When you said Danny, though, mm-hmm. I thought that you were going to do what I did and sort of shoehorn this in. Gary Hawkins gets recognized by Danny as Gary Hogaboom. <laughs> He's the first former professional athlete that becomes a survivor player. Uh, that certainly is something that got repeated in future seasons. Mm-hmm. And it did have an impact on the game. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to tell how much it did in this season, just because, you know, Gary gets a little scared that Danny recognizes him and then has to deny the rumors. And he's just a landscaper who happens to be a 
very tall, athletic, older man. So I, I really, I needed some way to wedge in. This is the first athlete that played yeah. Survivor. I think this would be the, like, this isn't like the underpowered idol that was also uh, a Gary play. Gary Hawkins did help set a template. I just wonder if that's really, like, is that a, really a big thing or is that just kind of a footnote? And not just like Gary, but like the existence of former athletes or pseudo stars. Is that a big part of Survivor lore or is it just, eh, it kind of happened. I don't know. I'm willing to debate that one. Like I said, I, I felt like it deserved mention though. Yeah, basically the introduction of Gary Hawkins or... <laughs> no, the the recognition of Gary Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins Hogan movie. Yeah. All right, uh, interesting. We'll, we'll see how that one shapes up. I'm, I'm not shooting it down, but yeah, I just, it's like, yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah. If you're talking about like the, the biggest things that are Survivor, I don't know that sometimes athletes appear on it is one of them. Okay. And anything more? Uh, that's all I had for Guatemala. Okay. Well, then let's move on to season 12, Panama slash Exile Island. I prefer to call it Panama. I only have one for this. Even though it felt like there should have been more. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what we're getting at. Seasons that, you know, were eventful, were even good, sometimes even great. At a certain point, a lot of stuff has been done, and it's just playing an awesome cover of an existing song. Yeah. So, my one, and I assume you're going to agree with this, especially given your argument about Guatemala, Terry finding the, what we now know as the Tyler Perry immunity idol. Yeah, I still don't have it, and that's the thing. I, I, I might be wrong here. When did the idol become important? Is it him? Because this is why I didn't have it. And again, I'm not arguing necessarily that you're wrong. Uh, he didn't do anything with it. Like, he still... He didn't have to. I know. But then it's like, what did he influence? What did Terry's idol influence future game? Because it basically just became a, a, a nothing thing. Like, I feel like if he had done anything with it, then we can give him credit. I, I just... It was it was Tony's idol, yeah, not the the Tyler Perry idol, a thing we all talked about and seemed momentous and ultimately meant nothing. I can see that. I just feel like from watching the season at the time, it certainly seemed important. Yes, there was so much discussion of its power, and oh, we have to mm-hmm. watch out because even if Terry does lose the challenge, or he could give it to somebody, like it had a pretty significant effect on the players of the game. Now it certainly didn't affect the outcome of the game, if that's what you're getting mm-hmm. at. Well, and I was just like, I don't know if it affected any future developments of the idol. Right. I don't know if it changed or helped form what people did with the idol, what people did in Survivor because of an idol, what Survivor did itself with an idol. I just kind of feel like it was, yeah, if we're breaking down Panama, it was one of the top five. Top so then more. are we pushing the idol discussion back one more one season? One more season. <laughs> yeah, okay. One more season. <laughs> Understandable. All right, so what do you have for Panama, then? I have uh, Ceri's uh, 3 two, one elimination of Courtney. Right, that was that was a maybe for me. Basically, the influence here is why Ceri did it was uh, she recognized that Courtney's goatness was a threat to her. And it helped shape that idea, and I think it's happened a few times. Not a lot, but it still happens that there are other ways that people can be threatening to you. And it's not necessarily because they're going to beat you, but because they're going to take your spot. Yeah, it's tough, because I certainly debated this one. And I love Suri, so I'd love to include her on this <laughs> list. But That was a motivation for me as well. And I don't blame you. It was just hard for me to justify that that particular move 
had a strong impact on future seasons. I couldn't name too many examples of a similar situation. Yeah, that might be where we need to do the work. What did, has that come up again? The other way I'd say it's influential is that Suri was able to control a vote without a majority. So much about Survivor now and then, but I was like, I need all the numbers. And you know, she was able to figure out pluralities also work. And, you know, I can understand that Americans don't understand any other kind of voting system but <laughs> one choice or the other. But, yeah, you don't need four of the six votes if you can get three, two, one. Right. So, but, again, how much does that come up? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it introduced an element of gameplay. But this isn't, like, the biggest strategic list either. So, right. yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that shapes up, if at all, when we make the list. All clear. right. So what else you got? That's it for Panama. All right. Well, then let's move on to season 13. Here's the idol! <laughs> season 13, Cook Islands, a.k.a. Survivor Race Wars. All right. Well, let's, you know what? We've teased it so much. Let's start with the idol then. You want to put the idol in here then? Yeah, I think because Yule finally did something with it. Now, he never really, he didn't play it, I nope. believe, at all. He didn't. Because nobody voted for him. Right. But he used the idol to influence the game. When he, the moment is when he used the idol to flip Pinner to their side. Right. And that's what flipped that entire season. And I think it also set the template for future use. Is that the idol isn't just a tool to eliminate votes. It isn't just about voting. And in fact, if you're waiting for the vote, you've already lost in most cases until this most recent season. Nobody who has received or who has had to save themselves with an idol has ever won. Until, you know, Mike just did. Right. The idol has other powers. And that power is influence. That po- the, 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 Those powers are relationship building and those powers are fear and i think that you'll uh that move and that moment help shape all of that to come yeah and i i see the argument and i think i'm actually convinced i think we call it a lock we put that one in yeah yeah and basically this why this and not you know the earlier is because yeah i mean gary's was just kind of a thing that happened one episode and then he was gone the next and terry just didn't do anything with it we were screaming at him even though we didn't really fully understand like do something give it to an ally do something I mean, I understood why he didn't do anything. He felt like I might, for the same reason why Mike didn't in the most recent season. But there was no template set because nothing happened. Here the template, a template was set. Yeah, the the odd thing for me though is that I I sort of put the Penner flip into something else as well, which is that it led to an all-minority underdog alliance. Although I guess the argument against that is it's never happened since. Exactly. So even now, I don't know that you can say how influential that was since it didn't happen again. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, other than the very next season, it couldn't happen again. Exactly. Because never enough minorities to even form a minority alliance. Uh, so, yeah. And the other thing I have for Cook Islands, I don't know if you have any other, but this would be my second and only other, is this is the first time we see a final three. Now, is that more just like a first-time thing, or was it influential? Was it Because why they went to the final three, and I think this is where I could argue it, is they were tired of seeing great players go at three. Yeah. Yeah, and people just dragging a goat and then becoming very incredibly uninteresting. This season is probably the biggest head-to-head matchup we've had since, uh, which was Ozzy versus Yule, right? Yeah, I mean, if we had gone one more challenge and then Yule ends up winning and takes Becky or vice versa, the Yule gets voted vice out versa, by Yeah, Ozzie. then we wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten that. Right. Yeah, so it here did exactly what the show wanted to do. I think the end, end goal, though, end up is people just pushed that final three things to the final four. Yep. So, oddly enough, I'm iffy on yours, but mine is actually Yule winning because... 
brains beat brawn. I don't know though that this might actually this might roll back into Richard Hatch's win. This is win. the influence of Richard Hatch and Ortina. Yeah. Right? It's just another confirmation that brawn and challenges aren't good enough, you know? Yeah. If that, like, that, and there, there's a couple players maybe we could point to, and that's just because there wasn't a better choice. But when presented with something other than that, Braun will lose out every time. And yeah, I thought about it too because I love Yule. But yeah, I do think Yule is just another example of how influential Richard was. Yeah, I think I'm convinced. I'm going to scratch that one off my list. I, I will give some thought to the final three thing though, just because you make a good point and obviously it's had an impact because they've brought it back for most of the season since then. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm strong enough on it to call it a lock. Yeah, it's it's a consideration. But it's it's up there, yeah. All right, is that all you got for Cook Islands? That's all I got. All right. So let's move on to a season that people hate, but is oddly, I would argue, influential. Hmm. Would or you? at least compelling. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Okay, so season 14, Survivor Fiji, also known as the beta version of the cast from Cook Islands. This was going to be another season of Tribes Divided by Race. They just had a white woman drop out and had an odd number of people starting the season. So what's your moment? I I assume I know one of them, but I, I can't imagine there being more than that. Uh, Yeah, we'll start with the lock, and then I got a couple maybes. Okay, go um, ahead. Voting on Edgardo. Yeah. Uh, which isn't just my possibly my favorite moment in the history of Survivor. But where the influence is, is you had two alliances going head to head. And up until that moment, the strategy always was take out the most dangerous player. Yep. Um, this is basically where they screwed up in Cook Islands. They're like, no, it's got to be Yule. Yule has an idol. No, he doesn't. We just got to do Yule. It's got to be Yule. Yeah. Like take out Becky and then this never happens. Exactly. Sandra, any of them. They figured it out. Obviously, you know, there hadn't been a large history of idols to consider. Right. But yeah, and even there, they were like, okay, Alex, okay, well then, Mookie has the idol, now he's dangerous, we need to blindside him. And people were just like, no, 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 end around. Let's just do Edgardo. And that became, you know, a classic part of Survivor strategy, and you see it uh, multiple times since. Yep. It, both discussed and in actual play. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call that a lock as well. So what else do you possibly yep. have from this abject horror of a season? This is the first fake idol. Yowler made a fake idol here. Yeah, but it wasn't used to any effect. It wasn't, but it planted the idea in people's heads. Like, oh, that's something to try. And it led to some great moments after that. You know, obviously the one of the best moments in Micronesia. Yeah. Um, oh, and possibly <laughs> the actual best moment in Gabon, which is, you know, a low bar. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's just a silly little thing. As you say, it never happened, but it happened on the TV show. We saw it. It was like, ah, oh, for one, we love you, man. What a great idea. Yeah. And it was more like, what a great idea. And it became this thing that actually worked twice. Uh, yeah. I would say though, that even when it worked, it's been such low impact. Um, from a strategy standpoint, you're right. From a show standpoint, this is part of the lore and the watching. Okay. Whether and- a couple things. One, entertainment value, right? Yes. It's a bleeping stick is one of the most entertaining things. Messing with Randy and Gabon, also highly entertaining. The only thing I can recommend of watching that season for. But even just like when we're batting around ideas of what somebody on the bottom could do, fake idols part of it, you know? You you literally did during San Juan del Sur. You came up with Dale's fake idol part. Yes. It didn't work out. But it's it's a it's something, right? Uh, whether it's successful or not, that's another thing, but as part of the show, 
fake idols is a thing, and I think it's a real thing. It might be like a a twenty fifth thing, but I think it's a thing. It's iffy for me, and and again, part of it is I don't know if this is the season, you know, because just because it doesn't happen and it's crafted, but it's not played. Yeah, but I would say you know the counter. I guess like the biggest moment comes later in Micronesia. Do you think Ozzy came up with that idea himself? I do not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Anything else from Fiji? Um, this one's a little more tenuous, but um, Yao Man dreams in the car, and that basically this killed the car. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say sponsorship the, killed the car. Well, but, but what I'd say is the sponsors like, man, before all this, people were talking about a curse, like winning this is a curse, and now people are like actively giving it away. <laughs> I don't. That's not the advertising I'm paying for. Anyway, I wanted to bring it up. We don't we don't need to debate it any farther. I yeah, just no. to put that in there. Um season I can't believe you had three from Fiji. Uh Bad. season season Ish. fifteen, Survivor China. I really like this season and I have none. I'd say this is where throwing the challenge becomes a part of Survivor. Life. And I debated that only because, you know, it's a good strategy, but is this the moment that the idea comes up? No, I mean, there's been thrown challenges before. It's been suggested in previous season. It's been executed in previous seasons. How is this one more influential? Well, which other seasons? I mean, it's happened as early as Africa. It's proposed in Marquesas. But here they go through with it, but partly as a result of a poorly designed gimmick from the producers of a tribe swap, sort of. Mm -hmm. Tribe kidnapping, if you will. I don't know. I feel like it's more of an exploit of a twist than it is yeah. some sort of lasting. So, so yeah, here's my argument for you. So I think one thing is just it could just get into is like maybe throwing the challenge is just something that people were always going to come up with independently. Thus, you know, is there any influence one on the other, or, or are they all situational? Uh, one is I feel like the Africa one was so like brushed over that I don't know what can influence like they because it worked the show didn't really you know harp on it very much mm-hmm. uh which is also one of your heavy clues of why Mike was getting a winner's edit mm-hmm. is that they didn't make him look stupid right um as you say Marques is broken up uh, brought up but it doesn't happen I um I'm not sure if it was brought up in All Stars like in a quick aside like maybe Rob should lose to protect Amber or not but like this is the one this is the moment where I think throwing the challenge took center stage and it influenced things in two ways. One, I think it became a strategy that players thought of and they saw. And, you know, real people watched that and like, yeah, of course they did. And thus, I think from here on out, it becomes much more of a thing. And for two, the show uh, set it up as such a bad thing that I think this is where you get the, the, the visceral disgust amongst fans of the idea of throwing challenges, the Eliza-type disgust. <laughs> uh, so it was like you saw both ends. You saw this it influenced strategy going forward that, yeah, you should do it. It actually worked out. And B, the show, saying, oh, you're, this is such a, a black mark on the game, you horrible people. I would say if there is any influence of throwing a challenge, if that makes the list, I, I do believe that this is the one. Okay. Well, I mean... I like PG, so, I mean, that's, I would like to include her on the list. The same thing with the Sari thing. Like, I like her. It'd be great if she had a moment. I just, you know, again, like your argument that you made earlier, are players in future seasons thinking like, oh, I should throw a challenge because PG did it? Or or are they thinking like, hey, you know, it would help my game to throw a challenge here? Yeah, and that's obviously a question that, for one, I could never answer, but that is the one. It's like, it's the same as like, you know, 
the very first episode of the show, they decided to vote out an old lady, right? Right. Well, I think people were going to come to that decision <laughs> pretty much uh, anyway, right? Right. It's like, oh, we're surviving and competing. This person can help me do the least. Uh, let's do that. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, is oh, we're quitting, like Austin. Did that break the seal, or is this something that people were always just going to come up with mm-hmm. when pro- presented? I think my the argument here is, yeah, I do actually think people uh, in future seasons were thinking about this two ways. Either A, they were thinking about it like, yeah, it, it, it can work. It, you know, they got rid of somebody important. Like, you know, the bigger fans might have thought that way. And two, uh, other people might have said, we can't do it. Look how bad it looked for those people. Because it was presented like it didn't work. Oh, and Jamie's an idiot and all of this. So it's like, I think it might have influenced both ways. The people that were then emboldened to throw challenges and the people who said, no, flat out throwing challenges and survivors is a dumb thing to do. So do you have any more from China then? Uh, this one I, I put on there, and I'm not sure. Uh, basically, the blind side of James. And my argument, at first, I wasn't going to put it on there. It's a big moment, but where's the influence? Uh, the influence is basically you can beat people with idols, and the time to do it is when they're not expecting it. You know, the idols are not super-powered. Now, it helped, obviously, in this season that it literally wasn't super-powered, unlike the season before. Right. So. That was more about James not understanding game mechanics. Yep. Than oh, it yeah. was. And that's totally it. Okay. So we can take that off and, and move on. And you know, to your credit, I thought of the exact same thing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so memorable, it should be included somehow. I just I don't know that it influenced stuff going forward. Yeah. If you, any of you think that I was on something, uh present a bigger case, I was similarly ambivalent. Right. And that yeah, my argument basically is yeah, it showed that the uh, and the idol it can be beat. Okay. different means. But I feel like actually there's probably a future moment that is more influential than that. All right. Well, let's move on to season 16, Micronesia, a.k.a. Fans versus Favorites. This is a season that you do not like, so I'll let you start. What What do you have for this one? All right. Do not like is a bit of a misrepresentation. I think it's overrated. Okay. I still enjoy it and kind of part and parcel of that. Uh, my feelings of it being overrated also... Help me think that I don't think it's that influential. And the arguments kind of go to, you know, together. Because people are like, ah, oh, he's insane. Which I get all the time. <laughs> so much of what happened was just because people who knew what they were doing were going up against people who didn't. And it, that, thus, most of the things that happened this season are just so situational. And it's like, is it that influential that, you know, like, Eric gave up an idol, or Jason you know, thought he had a stick, or he gave up, or didn't play an idol, or just because these people were stupid and the other people weren't. But at the same time, if it happened on TV and other people uh, saw it and were like, I could do that, maybe perhaps against less stupid people, then certainly it was influential. So I will listen to arguments. The only thing I had was the forming of the Black Widow Alliance. Okay. And that sort of ties into mine. I actually tried to pick a specific vote, and I picked voting out Ozzy. Yeah. I mean, it's the same same concept, and I think the reason why it's influential, and I think I've made this argument before, but I think those women, particularly Parvati and Sari, realized the way you get a female winner on Survivor is make the only options females. I think that's why that alliance took place, and it totally panned out for both of them, although Sari ends up getting screwed at the end. Yeah, so I think basically we just need to figure out the moment, because I think we're both in agreement that the Black Widow Alliance is incredibly influential, and I think I'm leaning towards voting out Ozzy, because that is obviously, for one, it's a 
big moment. But also, like, that's kind of the birth, the genesis of the Black Widow Alliance and why I think it's a, a necessary component. And I'm not just bending rules to make, you know, an alliance or people in, um, is we're always hearing about the dreaded women's alliance. Uh, oh, watch out. There's a women's alliance. Again, watch out. You know, just, you know, hashtag not all men type fear. Uh, this is where it comes from. I mean, yeah, there probably was a little bit of before this happened of like, oh, do you think they might get to? But I bet there was also a little bit, <laughs> no, they never would. Uh, here they did, they won, and they made the men look incredibly stupid. Yeah. So I think, uh, more than actually influencing future women's alliances, which there's been a couple maybe, but it's usually talked about more than there ever is. This is why there probably isn't as many successful women's alliance because dudes won't just let it happen because they <laughs> saw what happened to the dudes on this season. And yeah. So yeah, I think it's incredibly influential for that reason. So okay. lock it down. Uh, well, I'm all in favor of the Black Widow Alliance getting in there somehow. So however we have to cram them in. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else for the season? Cause that's all I had. That's uh, all I had as well, even though I like that season a lot more than you do. Oh yeah. Like I, if we're talking biggest moments, even I would put multiple from this season. Right. Uh, but in terms of shaping it, yeah, it's just like, well, hey, don't give up your idol, dummy. Right. Uh, exactly. like, How influential is that? Okay. So, well, although, you know what? It does happen again. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, not shockingly, I'm not sure how much that guy was influenced by anything that happened on Survivor besides his uncle being cast. Yes. All right. The next season you can't speak on. That is very true. So what do you have to offer on it? For Gabon, I mean, obviously you can make the argument that uh, this is this is certainly the grandest fake idol of Bob's, if you want to say this is more influential. But I, I really do think Yao Man uh, and basically them showing Yao Man is what planted the seed. Uh, the only one I have here, and it's probably nebulous whether it's a moment or not. I think this was influential, but I don't know if there's a moment that we can pin down. So it might just be not for this list. But uh, I put down Sugar's fifth straight trip to exile. <laughs> now, I think what's influential is... All five trips, right? You know? uh, but basically, I feel like the continuous trips, uh, sending one person to Exile Island, you know, the birth of the Sugar Shack, kind of killed Exile Island. Uh, they did bring it back the very next season because they and tried to rejigger it a bit. But I think this is where you know the death blow was struck, and then we had some death throws. And obviously they brought it back in San Juan del Sur, but that was kind of because they called the audible late that, oh, let's not do Redemption Island. But I think, yeah, this season reinforced the strategy that you should just send one person to Exile Island to keep the number of potential idol holders down. Uh, and that's the show was like, well, that was boring. So I don't know if it's 30. That's the only thing. Yeah, I can see an argument for it. I just don't know that it makes the list. Yeah. Uh, Token Teens, one of your favorite. It is. Uh, sadly, I have nothing for Token Teens. And again, yeah. that is, it's probably, I think it was one of my top five seasons. And yeah. there's just nothing in that season that hadn't really occurred before, at least to me. It didn't seem that influential yeah. to future seasons. Yeah, uh, I really stretched to put one in here that, you know, I really don't think it's even a moment. I, you know, I, put it down to a moment, like, uh, voting out Brendan kind of kicked off the non-pagogging that should have happened, and this is where we saw kind of a minority split the middle, but it's not a moment, it's just, nope. it's a thing that happened, and then it would happen again, although at the same time, I don't know if it was influential, if it was influential, people would have let it happen again. Right. Um, 
I think this is one of the reasons why I don't rank token chains highly. And again, I, you know, admitted even at the time that could be a mistake. It's just when I was watching it, that this is my, you know, what, 20th season in a row or 17th or whatever it is. And it's just like, well, it was just a good season of Survivor, just a solid season of Survivor, but nothing monumental happened in it. And at that time, it's like, oh, I've been watching for a long time. I need something more, which right. I could be wrong on. As we've said, we and we continue to say, great seasons might not have anything, especially from here on out. So Yeah, and you know, a, a big part of the reason that I like that season is because of the cast. I can say certain moments were great, but that doesn't make them influential. Yeah. Know? I could tell you any number of Tyson moments that doesn't mean that it affected future seasons in some way. Exactly. And if we're talking like influential cast members, this easily has two for sure. I'd yep. say JT and Coach are both influential figures and then Tyson also possible. Yep. Maybe more so for later seasons. But yeah, I just don't think there's a moment here. Um, the next season there's a definite moment, a lock moment. Yes, there is. So let's move on to season 19, Samoa. Go ahead. Give us the lock. Russell finding an, an idol without a clue is yep. one of the 10 most influential moments in the history of the show. Yep. And we've, we've had some debates with people before and they're reasonable and rational, uh, arguments that they've made. Yes, it might have been harder for people to do this in previous seasons because of idols being on Exile Island, whatever the case may have been. But this is the first time that it happens. And, and it was a big deal. It certainly had an impact on future seasons. Yeah, and Russell doing it is what impacted it. So yeah, maybe yeah. What, how impressive it is there, you can debate that, as you were alluding to. But its influence is undeniable. Right. People saw him do it. And it's like, wow, we're gonna do it. It just became that's what people do mm-hmm. from this moment on to the point where the show just stopped giving clues for a bit. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that makes the list. Yep. And that's all I got. Okay. I tried to figure out some way to wedge in the season of one character. <laughs> but <laughs> but I yeah, could, it's a cumulative thing, not a yes, moment. Yes, I could not p- pick a specific moment that could illustrate that. So, unfortunately, I got just the idol thing here. All right, let's move on to our favorite season of all time, Heroes versus Villains. Season 20, Heroes versus Villains. I have multiple from this season. I'm sure you do too, so you go ahead and start us off. I think the lock we could probably agree on was Parvati's double idol play. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, and not just because it was a spectacular moment. Maybe this is the best moment in the whole show or the biggest strategic moment. But basically it was the use your idol for the least likely to get votes when you can anticipate. This kind of the, the second half of what Fiji did or the response. Yeah. And this actually, this works on multiple levels too, because she has two idols. She plays neither of them for herself. Instead, she plays them on the two weakest members of her alliance, which solidifies her alliance with them. Yeah. And it's just, and the other thing that it kind of starts influencing, this is one of the biggest tribal council moments of all time. Tribal council becomes such a bigger part of what happens on Survivor from this part of the show on. Now, whether this is the moment, uh, that totally did that, I don't know, but it's certainly part of its influence. Alright, um, I have another one that I, best to save for the end. What do you got? <laughs> I think I know what it is, cause I think it's the same thing I thought of. Um, 
I don't know if, if you're going to go with this. I just, I really wanted to talk about it. It's hard to get it down to just one moment, but I actually saw one that I was like, okay, this will work. Jeff Probst's chewing out the villains tribe and specifically Courtney, uh, for the fact that Boston Rob had been voted out openly demonstrating his love of Boston Rob and all that Rob represents when Courtney to her credit says, I didn't vote him out, Jeff. I voted with him. It's the breakup of Jeff Probst with Colby and the final commitment of Probst to Boston Rob. Uh, cute, but no. Because no. uh, <laughs> also, like, you know, I, I, I think where you're trying to find, and I couldn't even necessarily argue that this is the moment or not, this would take some really deep digging, is when Probst changed to, you know, this cheerleader influencer. I think he'd been doing it for a while. I think that's just a gradual change. I don't think there's a moment to pin down. But, you know, funny. He definitely does break up with Colby that season. Uh, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you 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 would have to break up with Colby. It, it's not me; it's you. He's Superman in a fat suit. Yes, um, I'll go to one that I think might be a little more legitimate. Okay. And what's interesting is it's a moment that didn't work, but I still think it was heavily influential in that uh, the vote split that failed. Uh, it's not the failure part that's influential. It's the let's split votes to diminish the power of the idol. And it should have worked if, you know, someone didn't completely screw it up. <laughs> and then that just became the play. I mean, as from this on out, people were like, okay, it'll just split votes. Uh, okay. I can, I can maybe see that like, one, I suppose. Cause not every, cause not everything is based on, uh, results, right? Sometimes it's process, right? And people True. saw the process and it's like, that was the right play. But Tyson made a monumental mistake, and it didn't work. But it'll work if we do it. And uh, from heroes versus villains on, vote splitting is just the norm. Yes. It becomes strategy du jour. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can see that, I guess, if you want to call this the genesis of that strategy. And, it's, and you can't say that people didn't notice, right? I mean, uh, it led to the downfall of Boss and Rob. It's the biggest season of this half of the show. It's not even just the genesis of the strategy. It's the impact of well, the Well, yeah. Strategy. I mean, impact is like... That was perfect, and then yep. one guy screwed it up. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, it was the first time it was high profile, and I think it shaped it from there. Uh, what else do you got? I actually, I'm a little surprised that I thought you would actually bring up in Samoa, um, Russell losing. This is where I have it. I, I feel no, like- No, this, yes. Okay, and I bet your reasoning is the same as mine, which is that watching Samoa, most people got the sense that, hey, Russell deserved to win that. I can't believe he didn't. There was this huge outcry. Oh, he was the best player. When you watch Heroes versus Villains and you see him not only lose but get no votes at the end, you realize, I, I think that's when public sentiment shifts. And everybody realizes, yeah. oh, you cannot be the unrepentant a-hole and win this game. Yeah, 100%. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it losing him losing in Samoa's yeah was treated as an injustice, even amongst people that didn't quite like him. I mean, not everybody. I was like, oh no, uh, it makes sense. Even though I at that point I was rather entertained by Russell. Yep. But yeah, and it was this whole thing, and people didn't think Natalie deserved it, and they're still obviously people. But yeah, as soon as you see him lose the playing the exact same way and lose more, like oh okay. 
And it influenced. People are like, you can't be a Russell Hans. Like, if it had just been Samoa, future players would have been like, yeah, Russell should have won. I'm going to be like Russell. And you still get a few idiots like that. Right. But you see him do it in such a public demolishing of him. And that, yeah, if you want, like, a perfect distillation of the moment, there's probably just a screenshot that we can have of him just, like, dumbfounded that it doesn't work out. And maybe even later in the reunion where he's arguing there's a flaw in the game, right? Yes. Uh this was the lesson to future people. You cannot win if you're like Russell Hans. Social game matters. Yeah, and I think there had been a, a prevailing sentiment like, oh, okay, well, the Samoa jury didn't vote for him because they're idiots. But then when you have a jury full of all-star survivor players and they vote even, they give him even less votes in a final tribal council, that's when it sinks into everybody. Like, okay, yeah, this yeah. Russell's just not playing the game well. Yeah. So yeah, I have Russell losing again as a lock. And it's interesting because it is about Russell losing more than it is about Sandra winning. Absolutely. To take nothing I, away from her. Her winning is another just a great winner. Yes. Russell losing influenced what people thought about Survivor, how Survivor treated itself, because I think by then they were a little tired of Russell's stick. Not so much that they weren't going to cast him again, but they, I think they realized this thing's important. I think the idea of the social game and how we properly recognize it was vaulted into the lexicon. So yes, yep. lock it down. All right. All right. Instead of talking about the next season, I was thinking we could lump the next four seasons together. Uh, Nicaragua, Redemption Island, South Pacific, One World. Do you have anything? I do not. I have one possible that I don't actually think I have. The only thing out of four seasons of Survivor that I could think of, maybe possibly, was Boston Rob introducing the buddy system in Redemption Island. Uh, you see it a bit again in South Pacific, uh, in Caramoan, but I think that's it. You know, I think it was just kind of a thing. I think most people recognized, well, awesome by Rob, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. So I got nothing. Yeah, I, that that's not going to cut it for me. Um, no, I, again, I, like that's the biggest impact out of four seasons I could think of. Otherwise, for one, again, most things have been done. For two, these seasons suck, man. Yes. Um. So you mentioned, and I, so you said, four seasons lumped together. I actually don't have anything for Philippines, but that's partly because at least one thing we put in a much earlier or I had put under a much earlier season. And that would yeah. be the three, the three tribes start. Is that what you have? Uh, so I actually don't have anything either. I considered it for Philippines, but I also feel like it's just not a moment. You know, it's a thing. It's yep. an influential thing. It's not an influential moment. So I didn't want to lump Philippines in with those because I just wanted to reiterate, we love Philippines. Yes. It is – did it rank like five for us when we put our combined list? Something I like that. believe six, so. If, if it's not five, it's six, seven. It's it's really high yeah. up there. But, yeah, it's you know, just showing Survivor can be great without doing anything new. You know, I'm not going to do a little couple things here or there, but, again, nothing new. Yeah. It was just a great solid season of Survivor, and at this point – it's tough to find something new, and it's tougher to figure out what the influence of it is. So, yeah, nothing for Philippines either. Okay. But I do have something for the very next season. I do as well. Season 26 is Karamoan, and what is the thing that you have for it? So, probably one of the bigger moments was Hold Up, Bro. That's not what I have. I have mm -hmm. the Three Amigos Idol play. Mm. I can think of one direct descendant of it, but go ahead. Yes, that alone. Uh, Mike drew upon that and improved upon it this most recent season. Um, but more, I think the bigger influence is while itself, we can debate how good a strategy, how effective it was in that game. I think probably the consensus is not all that much. Mm -hmm. You know, the people just kind of went home the next, you know, Malcolm was gone the next episode. 
But where I think it's set is it sh- was so such a big moment, and it was celebrated as such a big moment that it started to shape the game. And obviously, there's micro moments before, and there's other things that this is a game of big moves, and people were going to make big moves. This is kind of one of the one of, and maybe it's not the, and that's why it becomes a little more difficult. But one of the moves that kind of shaped the more modern sensibility towards make big moves, even if they aren't the best moves. Big moves is, are great. Is this not a descendant of Parvati's double idol play, though? It very well might be. Uh, more with just one more idol. Yeah. Uh, where I'm really getting at is uh, Survivor became about explosive tribal council happenings. Now, I guess one the what the, where the three amigos idol play. Let me bring it back is that it totally uh, disrupted that tribal council, and we've seen that since, where tribal council suddenly could become a place of complete disorder. Because as soon as you know, they mentioned that, oh, hey, we, nobody's coming home tonight, suddenly nothing Probst is saying, and everybody's like voting on the spot and coming up with plans, and that kind of became a bit more of a feature. You can maybe sell me with that argument, but even yeah. then it's, it's iffy. Yeah, I think this is a bubble moment. I do, but yeah, like as you see it in Kagiyan when um, both uh, Tony and LJ have it, and also now now they're all conspiring in there. They were ready because of what happened in Caramon, right? They're like Plan right. B, Plan B. Uh, you see it with Mike uh, when he has the idol saying he's going to play it with Shireen. I th- think there might have been something in San Juan Dos or similarly. So, do you have anything else? I do, and mine's a bit of a bubble moment as well. Actually, it was more just funny for me. Brandon Hans going off the rails and basically ending the show's obsession with the Hans family. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. I, 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 where I'd worry to put it on is just like, uh, do we risk that? Because what if we're wrong? Oh, God, I know, right? Yeah, honestly, I did kind of bat around the Brandon Hans thing, too. It's like, the, that influenced the show? But I guess it's just we don't know. Yeah. It's, hard, it's like proving a negative, you know? Right. It's like, have they really gone or would they bring back Russell in a heartbeat? You know? It's like, oh, they taught them to not cast insane people, but it's like, did they, did it? Or, did it? you know, yeah. cause, cause Colton comes back the next season, you know? Alright, so next season, 27, Blood versus Water, what do you got? Um, I have Caleb switching to Culpepper at the Tribal Council. Uh, this wouldn't be a hugely influential, uh, but it might be a top 30 influential in that. It showed that you can change your mind at Tribal Council. It showed people being influenced at Tribal Council. In fact, you can see the influence later on this very season. Um, Tribal Council is much more active now than it used to be, and I was trying to figure out what the moment was. Maybe it's not this one, but it feels like in the past five years, well, or not five seasons, Tribal Council means more than it used to. Yeah. People are, are assimilating, assimilating information that happens at Tribal Council and like switching their vote, which was like just completely unheard of before now. It's iffy for me. But it's the thing. Maybe this isn't even the moment of the season. Maybe it's when Sierra changes her mind to go to rocks. Maybe. Uh, cause in Kagiyan, we see Cass change her mind at Tribal Council. I think more than once, possibly. But certainly at the Spencer vote. Um, listeners, let us know. What do you think is the moment? And maybe it's a series of moments and thus there isn't one. But it's like, it's, it could be Caleb switching to Culpepper because he literally did it on the spot. It could be Sierra doing it then. Or it could have been the three amigos before or maybe it's something that comes after. Those are my candidates. All right. I had none for Blood versus Water. So let's move on to season 28, Kagayan, Brains versus Braun versus Beauty. What do you got? 
I think Tony's spy shacks, which we thought were laughable at the time they first started, are starting to have an influence on the game. Uh, maybe people aren't necessarily going right out and, like, building hidey hole structures. But you saw Mike, like, hiding around, sneaking around, going up trees, trying to listen in. And I think that that's part of the influence of Tony. I found it's tough because, obviously, we're really new. I feel like Tony Vlachos is an incredibly influential player, and we're just not sure all the ways it's going to yeah, happen Yeah, it, it's so early on in the process that we don't know how much he's going to affect, but I obviously have Tony on there. It's just in a different way. And yeah. I chose the LJ vote as the start I have of that the, too. the get before you get got era. I think yes. that's the moment when you realize oh my god, the Survivor is changing. This is going to set the tone for future seasons. Yeah, uh, I have that too. So I think we can put that as a lock. I thought Spy Shack's like, we don't know. I think that's like a, not even a maybe for this list, but like that's something to watch mm-hmm. uh, for future seasons. And we, we don't know yet. But yes, Tony voting out LJ wasn't even necessarily the first instance of this. Just the season before, voting out Aris is similar. But I don't think that had the same impact in some ways just because... Blood versus Water is such its own unique thing yes. that I think a lot of it was set aside. And also, fans versus favorites and all that. I think Tony voting out LJ was the moment, in part because most people thought it was a mistake. Yeah, us included. Yeah. I mean, Although, you know what? I, I do remember by the end of that episode being like, I, you know what? I'm, I'm sold. It makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, if you listen to our podcast, we were kind of like, I think maybe, but, and then we kind of talked our way through it, and we're like, you know what, ultimately, yeah, maybe it's right probably idea. the right one. I think we were like, good move, but a little too soon, and then it turns out, no, just good move. Yep. And that's that's it. That's There's no too soon. Yes. Or, or then, at the very least, too soon isn't as soon as you think it is. Right. If there's somebody that's a big threat to you, you got to get rid of them. And, yeah, we see it the very next season in San Juan del Sur with the elimination of both Jeremy and Josh. John, for he doesn't know a lot, but he knew that. And then we saw it in Worlds Apart, too. Even it, even at this early stage, it's canon now. This is yeah. part of the lexicon. Yeah, yeah. well, people who wait uh, are voting uh, instead of being voted for. Yeah, and I think we predicted at the time, like, there are going to be imitators of Tony's game. And some of them are going to do it very, very wrong. Some of them are going to get the concepts and do it right. Yeah. Which leads me into my final one for this, and actually my final influential moment, period, uh-huh. uh, is just Tony winning. He's the other winner, I feel. The, their victory is an influential moment, because I feel voting on LJ itself wouldn't have worked. It would have been derided as a bad plan. Uh, voting out Jeffra, you know, building spy shacks, you know, wild idol hunts, all of that was, at the time by many Survivor fans, people we even respect, was being derided as, oh, too risky, too crazy. And then he wins, and people were like, oh, I guess you need to play hard or don't play at all. And you see it just with Natalie the very next season. She makes big moves at the end instead of just coasting on the weird, you know, this is our final three deal they had. Offense is what is important in current Survivor, and Tony's win is what's, you know, validated that. Yeah. For I'm assuming you have you already you already said you have nothing for San Juan del Sur. I don't blame you. I don't either. Uh, it's probably way too early to predict anything from Worlds Apart affecting future seasons. But I do have one, and I think you actually you might agree with this. Jeff eviscerating Dan at the finale will 
absolutely stop people from complaining so publicly about their edit. Yeah, we can't, I didn't even think of it because it's just like, yeah, we, we literally can't tell what's going to influence future seasons of Survivor until those future seasons exist. But yeah, if you wanted to predict what could influence from Worlds Apart, yes, I think you nailed the biggest moment. And it's on air. This isn't part of the list. Yeah. The way he went after him is going to change the way people talk about Survivor or survivors talk about Survivor. Right. I would say also Mike's win might be influential in, uh, in a negative sense for future Mike's. In that, um, you know, there had been a bit of a time when people were like, you know what? We'll get the immunity threat later. It's not that big a deal. Uh, nobody's going to win them all. And now <laughs> it's like, no, no, let's get him now because he might win them all. So that could be an influence too. Yeah. I like yours. If I was ranking them, I think yours is the bigger, more impactful move. I think Mike's almost is like a, like a reminder. We'll have to see. But like I said, I'm very confident at the Dan thing. It's just, it's too early to put it on the list. All right, so those are our contenders. I don't know how many we had, but certainly more than 30. So we need your help to help us pare it down. Uh, John and I are going to kind of start going over a list. We have our locks. We'll start considering it, and we'll put together our preliminary list. But please, send us as much feedback as you can. Uh, as John said at the beginning of the podcast, you can comment on this post at purplerockpodcast.com. Uh, but yeah, leave detailed comments of things we've discussed, things we may have missed, um, because our list is not set yet. Where else can they contact us? You can also find us on Twitter. Andy is at Purple Rock Andy, and I am at Purple Rock Pod. You can send us an email. We're purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. And, or you can comment on our website, as Andy just said, purplerockpodcast.com. Uh, we will try to get you guys involved in this process later on. We'll have some sort of voting involved. We haven't figured out the exact mechanics of how that's going to go yet, but you will have a say somewhat in how these 30 moments are chosen. So look for that on our website, purplerockpodcast.com, and you should be checking it out anyway because it's a very cool website that we put a lot of work into. It was gracious of you to say we, uh, mostly John. So thank you, John, and congratulations. Well, well, me and our good buddy Mark, who does our graphics at SoVisual. So, us. All right. So, yeah, I think it'll be a fun summer of discussing some of the greatness and the great moments and the influential moments that help make the show that we love so much. Uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, hit the theme music. That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.